Darling, I was on a vacation recently and stayed at an Airbnb, and then I realized that while I was away, my empty house could be making money, honey. If you're someone like me that is busy and not home all the time, your home could be an Airbnb. And it's actually pretty simple to get started. Even if you don't have a whole house, you could start with just a spare room. Personally, I really enjoy staying at Airbnbs. I really do. I love a good Airbnb. Who is that? Come back, British you. And it really is a great way to like support local economy and support local people. So Airbnb is fabulous. And I know I was doing my British voice earlier, but we love Airbnb. So think about what you could do with some extra cash. Whether you're looking to treat yourself to something nice, like a shopping spree or a spa day, or start a whole side hustle, Airbnb can help you be that person. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Jonathan Van Ness. Americans United for Separation of Church and State defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose, so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms like abortion rights, marriage equality, public education, and even American democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs. Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU at au.org slash curious. In the brand new book, Dear By Men, author, peer counselor, and creator of the hashtag Bisexual Men Speak, J.R. Youssef offers an unapologetic guide for readers who are Black, Mask, and Bi. The book features cutting social analysis, personal stories, and reclaims bi-plus visibility in a culture of erasure. It also offers practical feedback on how to unlearn internalized biphobia and homophobia, fight back against erasure and stigma, navigate sex, dating, partnerships, marriage, friendship, and much more. It's available now wherever books are sold. North Atlantic Books is offering listeners 25% off plus free shipping. Purchase Dear By Men at www.northatlanticbooks.com and use code CURIOUS25 at checkout for 25% off and free shipping. U.S. mailing address required. Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every two weeks I sit down for a gorgeous 30-minute conversation with a brilliant person to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week we have Anthony Porowski, co-host, my love of Queer Eye. Here he is. So excited. Love it. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness, and you guys are going to freak out, honey, when you hear who this guest is, and you're going to freak out. Stop making noise over there, because they're going to figure it out with that little cute little tiny laugh that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, we have um, the honorable, the gorgeous, the super sweet uh, baby angel smile, America's newly dubbed sweetheart smile, baby Antony Porowski. Hi, guys. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming to do my little baby pod today. Thank you for having me. This has been such an amazing morning so far. Just to like quickly recap, so we met super early in the morning. We had a little work meeting, and then we went and worked out together. And by working out, I mean taking Insta videos and posting them very aggressively. Um, Jonathan, you also hit 500K today, which is amazing. Even though, you know, you've widened your lead, but it's okay. I'm like obsessed with you and I don't mind because honestly, I feel like I just want to see you soar. Like, I love watching you soar. I love my BB just it's soaring. It's love abundance. Yeah, right? we're really about that, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. 
We're babies. Um, you know, guys, it's really cute because Anthony and I, uh, I come back and forth between LA and New York. And when I'm here, I, Anthony is not allowed to make plans without talking to me about them on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Cause Wednesdays is our day. Sacred. It's really sacred. It is. Cause, um, it's just like cute. You know, you gotta like, you have to like, uh, nurture those relationships, girl. Absolutely. And I mean, we spend so much time together and in such close proximity over these like long 12 hour days that, and we're sort of experiencing this new chapter in our lives together yeah. that, like, I tell Joey about it all the time, but like, I miss my boys and, and you Joe guys Jordan's are going his through. boyfriend, just yeah. so you guys know. Um, but here's the thing. So, um, you know, some episodes are, you know, there, it's like, what are, uh, gravitational waves? Sometimes it's like, what happened in history? Sometimes they're more experiential. And it's like, I did one of my favorite episodes that it was about, like, what's it like to grow up in China? So I think there's a lot of stuff that you guys don't even know about booby baby Anthony. Uh, he didn't grow up in China. So that was like a weird segue, <laughs> but he did grow up in Canada. And I know you guys are thinking like, okay, but he is the, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it. But also, it's like, how do I even ask the question? Well, you know what? This is kind of like, you're just going to have to like evolve with the question, you guys. And I trust you guys to do that. So, yeah, because that's what I'm going to do. We're going to like work up to the question. So, Anthony, mm-hmm. um, how did you come to be a Canadian? I came to be a Canadian. Um, so my parents, my mother was born in Warsaw in Poland. Uh, my father was actually born in Brussels. His family moved there after the war, uh, World War II. Yeah, and Brussels is the gorgeous capital of, of Belgium. Of Belgium. <laughs> yes, which is a little country sandwiched right between Holland and France and Germany. Correct. Yeah, she's a baby. Very good. Yeah. Um, so, and both my older sisters were actually born in, in Warsaw as well. Um, my father, so although he's sort of lived a little all over the place, um, same way I have, he actually moved to Canada when he was a few months old and spent his um, upbringing in Canada. His family lived in South Africa and then back again. Um, but I was the first one in my family born outside of Europe. Um, so in in Canada, so born as a Canadian citizen. So you're born in Canada. Born in Canada. But both yeah. of your parents were born in Europe, which that makes you like a first generation Canadian immigrant. Yes. So that's why it's it, it's funny because now living in the US, everyone sees me as a Canadian. And sometimes they think that I'm French just because I speak French, which is like a weird assumption. Um, but well, I would assume that if you spoke French that you're it's French. It's a very different accent, although mine is sort of like a weird bastardized version. No, of she's not. Don't say that about Quebecois. It's different. It's, it's very like a, beautiful. It's a mix of both. And I sort of fluctuate based on who I'm speaking to. Um, one of my very favorite clients is Quebecois, and her name is um, Kristen Elliott. Kristen, if you're listening, I love you so much. But so basically, I'm really taken by that because, you know, obviously um, immigration is a thing these days. Mm-hmm. People are worried about it. You know, Canada has handled uh, this you know, migration crisis uh, from Syria in a very different way than the United States has. Um, you know, and, there, and I know that there is some controversy in Canada within that, like most of, I think the overwhelming majority is that they're very accepting of immigrants yes. and they're very into it, but there is a, uh, you know, more right wing fraction in there that's like not happy about it. Um, but you know, you grew up in Canada. So what was your experience of being a first generation immigrant there? It's funny because I was sort of thinking about this, trying not to plan, but thinking like, what do I need to research and know about Canada before coming into this? And what I realized was, so I was raised in Montreal, which is a very sort of uh, multi-ethnic, multicultural city, not unlike New York. Um, people often say that New York is kind of like a Montreal on steroids. And Canadians do pride themselves on the fact that we're a very diverse country. And I always wonder, is that just like a Montreal thing or is that true of most of the country? But I really think that it is true of, of, of most of us. I mean, Trudeau's a big, you know, proponent of immigration and taking in, um, refugees and, um, Yeah. I mean, it's just growing up like, so this grade school that I went to called St. Lawrence, 
we had this buffet of the nations, buffet des nations, um, where we spoke French and English. And every year you would come in, your parents would bring a dish from their country and it would be this whole potluck. Cute. So you would have like my best friend uh, growing up. His name was Andrew Shahidi. His mother's Portuguese. Um, his father, Iranian. <sighs> And so, oh, I bet he was absolutely gorgeous. Not to just make assumptions based on not to make assumptions, but but the most beautiful eyes and skin tone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And um, I forget his mom's name, but she made really delicious food. And so, like all these people would come in, and we would sit in the cafeteria, and they would lay out these tables, and people would bring in all this food from these different countries. So it was really embraced. It was the idea of, I think, the definition of potluck. And I'm speaking from my experience. I don't want to generalize and speak for Canada here, but the definition of potluck in Canada that people come in with their different cultures or languages and they sort of mix together, but everyone sort of retains it. Whereas in the U.S., I feel like there's a bit of a loss that happens throughout the generations. People change their names when they had entered Ellis Island. Um, Italian-American, oh. which is a whole thing, which is different than Italian-Italian. So it's, it's sort of, uh, it's a very, I'm not really sure what the reason is, but I just feel like we really, we hold on to to whatever, like, you know, ancestry we have in our customs more in Canada than in the U.S. Yeah, so, like, the assimilation is, like, the need to, like, assimilate to, like, an American culture or lifestyle, like, isn't as intense. Like, you can, it's, like, still really cute to be, like, a Porofsky. You don't got to be, like, a, like, a Poland or something. Like, make it, like, you right. know, make your name more, like, you know, palatable for, like, a... Yeah, like, when I moved to the U.S., I was actually, and being an actor here, I was actually, it was suggested to me, and I was considering changing my name to something a little more American. I actually considered Anthony Porter or Anthony Portman. Um, Barf. But I ended up keeping it as Anthony Porosky because it's like, oh, that's the name I was given. Like, why would I change that? And I'm so happy that I didn't. Like, I get so many DMs from people, and especially these, like, gay boys and, and girls in Poland who are like, you have a Polish name. Do you actually speak the language? And, and you I do, right? I do. It's my first language. So you need to respond to this question in Polish. Okay. Um, what was the scariest part of auditioning for Queer Eye? <sighs> Um, in like three sentences, because I don't feel like listening to you speak in a language I don't understand for like too gotcha. long. So do like three sentences and then translate it immediately, and then you can finish the question. Uh, oh my god, I'm so bossy. Process auditioning na, na queer eye. Well, I got that. The process of auditioning for queer uh-huh. eye. I'm already like fluent in Polish. Bardzo dużo było ludzi z Netflix, z ITV, i zacząłem się bać troszeczkę, bo realizowałem, że naprawdę to chciałem, i jak zrealizowałem, że naprawdę to chciałem, to suddenly było ważne dla mnie. Was there a suddenly in there? I added the word suddenly because I couldn't figure out the word. See, that's oh, the embarrassing thing. My father would be so upset right now. No, he wouldn't. Just, you know what I do in Spanish when I do that? When I, I talk around it, like I try to think of like a different way of describing suddenly. I was suddenly. trying to and then I felt myself looping and doing, saying the same thing over again. So, But it sounded really Polish. I will gorgeous. say, I, and I'm sure some people will disagree, I really pride myself on my accent, um, but the richness of my vocabulary is lacking at best. Like if I'm in Warsaw and I'm in a cab, I can tell somebody where I'm going and give them direct. And then they start having a full conversation about politics, and then I get like confused, and I'm like, "Oh god!" Now, now, well, Polish politics, honey, that is that's a thing. Oh gosh! I, well, because that yeah. one prime minister boy, he their plane crashed, mm-hmm. right? And he passed away, and then yes. his brother took over. Yeah, and now the his brothers, twin brother, his twin identical. 
I think so. Oh my god! So then, but then, but now, basically, isn't that twin having like a full on thing with their court, and he wanted to like throw out all the judges, and then he did, but then like the EU court was like, "No, you don't, girl. You better right. put those judges back." And back to the plane crash. There's this whole conspiracy that the Russians basically shot them down, and because because Vladimir mean, didn't like that guy, right? <gasps> so it's this whole thing. It was. It's like it's kind of insane. Um, they were actually um, they were going to commemorate. Um, which was um, a, a, a genocide that occurred actually before World War II. We're going off topic, but this is really was it interesting. A Jewish genocide? No, so it was actually basically any, any anybody of intelligence working in the government or other uh, were basically taken by the Russians and sort of collected and killed off, and then the mothers and the children were you know basically left. Um, and so this happened in the 30s. I actually did a film um, that was shortlisted at Cannes um, uh, called Oitsu of my father. Um, I think I showed you a clip from it. It was shot in black and white. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy, Adam Bandrovsky, who was a, a university professor who was taken away from his family in the middle of the night. You couldn't be Catholic. Uh, they had to hide their crosses. And... Um, yeah, it was sort of like a precursor to World War II and a lot of like similarities in terms of like the systemic cleansing of, of, of the people, which happened, you know, first with the Russians and then with the Germans. And Poland has sort of always been at the, at the center of that in a really inconvenient spot. Okay, I'm really interested in that story. I feel like I need to do another podcast on the Polish um, Prime Minister. Next and Wednesday, next Wednesday. It's kind of fast to turn that over, um, but I'm going to try to get that together. So, but back to being a first-generation immigrant in Canada. Yes. Um, did you ever experience, like... Um, I definitely feel like I saw in my hometown, there was like a few kids who came from other places for like a year or two here or there. And I definitely feel like there would be like a handful of ignorant children who would like taunt them and tease them for like their nationality and like where mm-hmm. they come from. Did you ever experience anything like that as a Polish immigrant in Canada? Cause I feel like Polish immigrants have had like, there's like racism in the UK for mm-hmm. sure. Against oh yes. Poles. Yep. Tan has mentioned that actually, yeah. that he, he experienced it. Um, yeah. Not honestly, not in Canada. And I know that you know I lived in Montreal, which is kind of very mentioned like like a New York. But it's still, it's just embraced and sort of like most of my friends all spoke four languages. Okay, so maybe not the Polish part, like, but do you, was there ever a situation where you were like in like a cafe having lunch and like the table next to you was like, these damn immigrants are everywhere taking our jobs and making us so not white and Canadian anymore or any, like, is there a fact, like, did, like, have you ever come in contact with like that faction of Canada or is everyone just super nice? I think most people are really super nice. I'm sure that there are groups who aren't, but the comparison that I really experienced was actually when I moved to West Virginia. And that's when I noticed, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's not not everything is like, like, I know Canadians are very sort of like peaceful, you know, kind people. There's that stereotype. But like living in West Virginia. Well, let's unpack that a little, not to use one of my own catchphrases, but that's uh-huh. kind of a big jump. So like you're minding your own business. You're like this little Polish Canadian baby. You yep. know, your family's chopping up kielbasa. You're making omelets. You're just being a cute little like cook baby who's interested uh-huh. in different kinds of stuff in Canada. And you're speaking French and you're speaking Polish. And then you're dad and your mom were like, we're going to move to West Virginia. We're moving to West Virginia because my father's a doctor, you know, and um, everything is socialized in Canada, which is... Wait, so you're a doctor's son. Yes, I'm a doctor's son. My, my, my dad's favorite thing to say is that he's a doctor's son. Uh, I'm a doctor's grandson. My father refers, refers to himself as a physician and he doesn't like to be called doctor because he sees himself as a person before a doctor. So oh, like friends only call him by. It's very Canadian. It's very modest of him. Sometimes when I see you like at the pool or like topless, like walking, like from the back, I'm like, ah, like I feel like I could like I've never met your dad, but I like I feel like maybe it's just that you give me dad vibes from the back. 
Like, what does that mean? Like, I could just see, like, having, like, a, like being, like, like that hot daddy with, like, a couple kids, and you're like, Jojers, take the kids to, like, the cabana. I gotta grab, like, a towel over there. <laughs> you know, the, you're, like, that sexy daddy, you know? My father does like to wear a Speedo. He's very European. Yeah, I don't know that if that sense. came out wrong, but really, it was, like, cute. It's more like, Daddy, homie, you're so muscly, and you're like, your lats are so broad. Okay, you're bringing it back now. Yeah, like, your you're lats are so broad, it's like, Daddy, like, I can't get the sunscreen on my back right there, Daddy, will you help me? It's like that, you know what I mean? So, but, um, anyway, so, so they sit you down. Down with your cute sisters, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, sister in Russian, which I learned on Orphan Black. Shostere, shostere. That's what it is in Polish? In Polish, yeah. That's very close. Plural of sisters. Do you feel like sister, or do you feel like Polish and Russian are close? Do people say that? In some ways, the sarcasm and the coldness, sort <laughs> of like, there's like an austerity and a sort of like glance and like a very, like a bluntness that's there. But the Russians take it to a whole other level, I think. But so anyway, so how did it come about that you moved, that you were going to be moving to West Virginia and be like living in an American moment? Yeah, finished elementary school. And then my parents basically announced that we're moving to West Virginia. My sisters stayed in Canada and we moved. Wait, to, what grade were you in? This was seventh grade, beginning of seventh grade. So you're minding your own business. You're like 12 years old mm-hmm. and you find out that like your sisters are going to stay in Canada, yep. but you're moving to a America, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you had so many feelings, so many concerns because you've been in this like nice Canadian place. And I bet you guys listening like really want to know like how Anthony felt, like what he was going through, like what was going on. I want to know too, but you know how you're gonna have to find out. You're gonna have to listen to this gorgeous commercial break, enjoy it, let it wash over you, and then we'll be right back with more getting curious with Anthony right after this. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness, and I'm so sorry I had to lead you up to that just dreadful cliffhanger. It was so rude of me, but I'm, you know, I'm learning a lot about what it takes to keep you guys listening and what it keeps to keep to keep you wanting more. So I had to bring in this like gorgeous man with all this rich story to tell us about it. So anyway, so you're 12. You're like, I love all my Canadian friends. I'm trilingual. I'm a baby. I love living in this like New York. And then your mom and dad are like, we're moving to West Virginia. Yep. So we moved to West Virginia, and um, and you guys got a little, you guys got a house, but your sisters were a little older, so they were like in college and stuff. So like you just had to go by yourself. Yeah, but your sisters were like already moved out because they were like already in college. So that you were no, they kept we we kept a residence in Montreal, which was like the big family home. It was sort of like the the base camp. Were you sad about that, like having to go there without your sisters, or were you kind of like, yay, like <laughs> I'll make like a new brand? I was a twelve year old boy who wanted his freedom, and I'm the youngest, and I've always been the most spoiled. So for me, it was kind of perfect, actually, to be uh. honest. At the time, it was like great. And my parents traveled a lot growing up as well. So it was sort of the more that I could be left alone, I thought it was good for me. Um, the more I sort of like, I certainly didn't, didn't shy away. From so you it. weren't nervous in that aspect, but like, were your friends like, Oh my God, like you're moving to West Virginia. Like they all like, or it came at a, at a pretty normal time because a lot of times like kids get sent off for high school or they go to an English system or to a French system. They go, they go into private schools more often than, so it's sort of like a, it, it happened at the right time. Cute. Cause like everyone was going to kind of yeah. like break then. So we arrive in West Virginia uh, being raised as like when? upper middle class. But when? When did you arrive? You it get was, like it's like it's, so like it's like oh you want me to like walk like September it? something oh, gosh, nineteen ninety seven something like that. Come on, um, I'm not we good with this. I'm not good we with got years. This. I'm Think about this. You were born feelings. in like you were born in like a I'm born in eighty four, and, and then you were in seventh 12, grade, so it was which like ninety six. Okay, so the magnificent seven had just won the American women's first gold medal and team in Atlanta. So it's nineteen ninety six Olympics. Yes, um, Clinton's president. Um, mm-hmm. Don't 
Wilma is happening. Um, you know, we were just getting over like that awful flood in the Midwest from 93. We were You're trying really setting out. the tone. I feel it. You know, I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm just trying to smell what you were stepping in mm-hmm. when you moved to America. And like, what would, like, what does a 12 year old Canadian Polish boy I'll tell think? you what it felt like. Yeah, so we stop went from- talking, Jonathan, and I'll tell you. <laughs> so we lived in this like upper middle class residential area where all the houses basically look the same. Um, everyone was sort of on equal footing. We really have a strong middle class. In what Canada. town was it? In, um, oh, when I moved to, to in yeah. West, that was in Canada. Moving to West Virginia, we actually moved to a gated community called Glade Springs, which was a private resort that was closed off. I don't know if you remember Barbara Walters and Hugh Downs on 2020, but um, this kid famously took his parents uh, to court to force them to have a divorce. His parents owned that resort at the time. So Barbara Walters came. There was a really fancy Oh, he golf wanted to course. emancipate himself from yes, his parents. Exactly. Got it. He didn't want to make his parents get divorced. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. Well, because I was like, I was like, that's unprecedented and so rude um, of him. Like, why don't you just believe in your parents? So but we moved it. to this resort where it was sort of it was this weird land of like these big houses and like a house that was all gray with like seven white cars parked in front of it and very upper class. And then right outside the resort, there were trailer parks. Mm. So there was no middle class. It was either you lived in a gated community where you basically had to announce yourself when you came in or it was a trailer park. So that was like the first sort of culture shock. Um, the second one was, I'm not going to call out her name, but it was uh, my teacher in seventh grade who came up to me after one of our first classes and was like, hey, they called me Antek. That's my Polish name. Um, and she was like, Antek, I heard that you speak Polish and French as well. I'm like, yeah. She's like, so Polish was your first language. I was like, yeah. She's like, well, why? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, why do you still speak those languages? I'm like, well, because, well, one language I was sort of born into, French I learned from TV and from school, and, you know, and I want to take Spanish as an elective here. And she's like, oh, well, like, why wouldn't you just not want to speak English? And this is a teacher who doesn't understand the value of, of knowing. And this isn't like a, a total diss on her, but that's just where, you know, where she was coming from. Usually didn't get it. Didn't get it at all. Yeah. And then another girl in music class called me out saying, like, don't you guys live in teepees in Canada? And it was just like, wow. And so like, you definitely experienced like xenophobia to some, like, like that's, yeah. I think that's xenophobia. It's like, it's like fear of foreigners. It was a fear that wasn't, I think it's fueled by, I, I don't see it as a hatred, but yeah, just a fear and a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge and education. Were people hard on you for coming from Canada and like having like, in like, like other than that, like in, cause you know, for me, seventh grade was like a horrific time. Like that was like super, very much bullying, super much being chased around. Like, uh-huh. so I, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade specifically were like really hard for me. So I'd imagine like, you know, cause that's a hard time even not in the middle of a move. So, well, I had like some Americans were shocked because they, their understanding of it was that immigrants um, have to be refugees and they basically had to have fled their country and basically come with like, basically wearing like, a sack of like a potato bag or something, you know, and they didn't understand that you could come from like a cultured background of educated parents and just move into another country. Um, Again, not to make West Virginia symbol for the whole country, but that's where I was living. Yeah. And they also, they called me one thing that really stuck with me that was really hurtful at the time was they referred to me as an alien which is like actually a technical term on my green card. Well, yeah, it says of course, yeah. an alien, but they used it in a way that was just like, there's just something not right about it that like rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, because it's, it's like, like foreign and mean. Like, why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. That, that part was really, um, and I got made fun of for my lunches, definitely. What were your lunches? Um, so my uh, my mother would make me like just really beautiful sandwiches with like nice rolls or like leftover bigos, like which is this Polish hunter stew. And all the other kids, we had like these machines. Like Lunchables and 
stuff. No, they would buy like chips and sodas. We weren't allowed to have sweets or sodas or chocolate or candy of any kind. Yeah, your torso thanks you. <laughs> no, because you know what I ever did for school in that age was what? like a family sized bag of like crispy M and M's, like three bear oh, claws, and like two friends. two liters of like Dr Pepper. And you could like buy those at school. Yeah, which was like such a what? It was like, so fierce. How did these kids have? And I was always like siphoning food. quarters from like my stepdad's bedside table so that I could like get more food. Yeah, because they were forty five cents for yeah. some of those bags. Um, but so they made fun of you for like your food. Yeah, because I would only have like fruit and cut up apples. One of my favorite snacks, which we did in that Netflix uh, Queer Eye episode where I have carrot sticks. It's my father's favorite snack. Carrot sticks with lemon juice and a bit of good smoked salt and almonds. It's like this crunchy, healthy little like... When was that? Yeah, the, the Netflix Queer Eye, the Nerds episode that we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was confused. I was like, are you talking about, like, our, like, I don't, I get it. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. Cute. Um, so, yeah, so that was sort of, it was very, and I just got comments about just even the clothes that I wore. Did it subside? I think like, did it get nicer later? I think I stopped caring is what happened, and then I surrounded myself around just these, like, Basically, kids who lived um, in the resort with me who were traveled, whose parents had money, and they had seen the world. And so I sort of like kind of – because it was a weird – like my junior high, we went into the cafeteria, and black kids sat on one end of the cafeteria, and the white kids sat on the other. And I was in shock. When I went to church for the first time, I was raised Catholic. We sat with my father, and it was all Filipino people around us. And we were like, oh, I guess there's not many white Catholics in in West Virginia. And then when we got out of the church, we realized that the church was built as an L, and all the white people sat on one side, and the Filipinos sat on the main side, because Filipinos are, you know, predominantly Catholic, right? And so we were like, oh my gosh, like... So we, like, you know, quote, sat on the wrong side, yeah. which is so weird. I've never that didn't even, like, seen that before. You. That was, like, that type of segregation. That's just so bizarre. We were, like, baffled by it. We talked about it for days. Did you go to a public school? I went to a public school in West Virginia. And then you, and then did you finish high school there, too? So I, I did junior high. I started one year of high school. I went back to Canada for one year to, like, a French prep school, Michel Provost. Um, and then I went back to West Virginia again for another year. It was a really messy time for my so, parents' marriage. So, um... Well, we don't need to get into that, but as far as, like, your part, but it's like you were, like, so you did, like, your freshman year in West Virginia, Uh then you did your sophomore back in Canada, then you went back to back. To West Virginia for like yes. two years or whatever, and then cute, you went to college. And, and then went back to prep school, which is SEJEP, what we have in Canada, because we start, um, we started, a, we have a year less of high school. So sort of this all back oh, and forth. Oh, what? And that, I mean, we buried the lead of this whole episode. It just gets, <laughs> so in Canada, y'all stop after your junior year, and then you do like a cute prep yeah, travel there's year only five, five years of high school. Okay, Instead we have six. four, booby. No, you guys have, okay, total, you guys have six. No, Jun- we don't. Junior high is three. Who told you that? Seven, oh, this eight, is like a nine, West Virginia 10, ass 11, thing, isn't it? 12. You have 12 no, girl. Grades. It's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It's four. Nine, ten. Freshman, sophomore, junior. And senior. what about seven and eight? That's like middle school or okay, junior high. Fine, junior high, middle school, and high school together is six years. So is ours, girl. Seventh, eighth, ninth. <laughs> no, I'm tenth, saying 11th. American. Oh yeah, it's yeah six yeah, years yeah. in Canada. It's five years. So you guys have like everything all kindergarten five years. up through like. 11th grade. Kinder, no, kindergarten, and then one, two, three, four, five, six is your primary education. K through six. Yeah, K through six. Uh-huh. And then you have seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. But we call it secondary one, two, three, four, five. Oh. Okay. So you graduate that when you're 17 in Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you start SEJEP, which is sort of like a pre-college where you pick a major, like economics, or um, you go into the arts, or pure and applied sciences. Uh, is that like free too? Because it's like Canadian and everything's like. Well, universe. I went to a private college, which was Marianopolis, which was the really fancy one. 
and it was the most expensive and the hardest to get into. In, in but they loved it because you were like super smart. But <laughs> um, did you get really, good grades? Were you good grades? I did. In West Virginia, I was like ninety nine point nine GPA, and then Cute. in Canada, I wasn't that good because its education system is a lot. I think stronger in Canada. Well, let's talk about that. These questions yeah. are getting good. I like where this is going. So it's it's harder. In Sorry, Canada. but I will say, college in Canada at SageUp was I think less than two thousand dollars a semester at a private college that was the hardest to get into. Um. So you feel like high school in Canada versus the U.S. Like the education, like who who gets a better one, or is it, who gets a better one? Oh my gosh, Canada by far. Why? In terms of world history and like all of it, just your electives in general. Do you just think it makes it more well-rounded? So much. You learn so much more about the world, and there's less fear, and you know about other cultures. And But it's also the people that you're surrounded with as well, and like all of your classmates. It's just there's diversity. I think like not to get into like big picture public sphere stuff, but I think diversity is the biggest problem because when you don't have that, that's where fear breeds. Lack of diversity is the biggest right. problem. Yeah, right. diversity is not the problem. The no, lack no, no, of no. it. Sorry, yeah. let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so and and yeah, and, and just yeah, because well, you know, I always say, and we learn this in yoga. It's like um, all human emotions come from one of two places. It's like love or fear. Yes. So I think you know when you're making these like fear based decisions, I just think like the decisions are so much cloudier and murkier. I love though that you've experienced the education system on both sides. I think that's like really, really interesting. Um, what was your experience of, did you travel a lot like within Canada? Like would you guys go to like Vancouver? Would you go to like St. Simon or that St. Edward's, oh Prince Edward's well, Island? Prince Edward Island is the best. They um, all year, year round, I think they still do. They actually have lobster rolls at McDonald's. Oh, cute. Um, and all the poor kids would have lobster sandwiches growing up and the rich kids would have like roast beef. Um, Oh, because, like, lobster is more plentiful? Yeah. Have you heard of Anne of Green Gables? No. She's kind of a national treasure, and it's, like, the story of this girl who grew up in Prince Edward Island, and she's, like, an icon in this famous little blue house. Uh, but P.I. is really special. Vancouver, I love. My sister lived there for a while, and I went to live with her for three or four months, and that was, like, it's the healthiest city I've ever been in. You have snow-capped mountains in the background, and then people are walking around in, like, mini skirts and shorts in the streets. Oh, it's yeah, because it's just, it's, like, there's, like, a weather phenom that keeps it kind of mild there. Yeah. This one lady, when I, put, when I said something about Justin Trudeau um, was like, yeah, he's cute and stuff, but like essentially like the man of like Canada, like how are like, you know, the man like Uncle Sam, just like that they like fucked all the indigenous Canadians and like there's this whole like Canadian thing. Yeah. And I was like, no. And I mean, then we did that to Pete. I just hate that. It's like, how can we get active and like, how can we be like is two white fucking guys are like, but seriously, it's like so fucked up. How can we support native people? It's so messed up. What do we even Specifically, do? Specifically, yeah, like Inuits and Métis. Um, it's a whole, it's a very awkward topic because for a, a people who, you know, we consider ourselves so diverse and so open and welcoming, we have that part of our past, which are like uh, First Nations people, which were completely, you know, it was Decimated. It's genocide. Yeah. 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 And we did it too. Yeah. We both did it. Yep. So rude of us. Yeah. I mean, but rude's not strong enough. I feel like you can't say that, like, right after genocide thing. Like, it's fucked up, mm -hmm. and I need to figure out how to, like, support them. I need to find, like, some gorgeous organizations. Because Justin Trudeau is cute, and I do feel like he's a good leader in a lot of ways. But this, a couple pe Canadian people, like, went off on me and my DMs about that. Because I was, like, the... Like, about the, you being supportive of him, and then... Well, because I was, like, the form of The Rock, but the brain of Justin Trudeau. And, like, a bunch of people were, like, oh. we thought that part was cute, but, like, really, like, like not everyone's, like, all great and perfect. And I was, like, oh, my God, sorry, I didn't know. Well, you weren't trying to say that he was so that he was some I just think he's like really perfect, smart he has a lot of really amazing positive great hair beautiful well. face <laughs> yeah, and a lot of other stuff as well he was a teacher did he you know was that? yeah that's nice yeah what else do you want um 
Does it hurt your feelings when people are like, you know, Canadians are like awkward or like say a boot weird and stuff? Like, what do you think about like plenty of people in the Midwest say a boot in the U.S. too? Okay, so well, I like feel in, like, in like Canada, kind of, but not really. I just, I don't know. I want people. I think people should travel. You know, while there's no there's there's no wall up between Canada and the U.S. yet. Um, you guys should build one to keep us out. <laughs> No, Away from our natural resources. Yeah, because like I really need to. I'm like about to head up there. I'm like getting scared. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of jerks, but like I think that we're we're like a humble, kind people, and um, we're just I don't know. Do you know about gun control in Canada? What do you got to do to get a gun oh there? Oh, my God. There's so many guns in this country. It's insane. But it's, what do you do about Canada? it's really hard. I've never heard of anybody who had a gun. I mean, mind you, I was raised in a city. But it's definitely, it's it's, it's nothing like it is here. It's completely. Which also goes to show that whole thing about, like, the open or borders. Because, like, if if gun control didn't work, then there would be a bigger gun problem in Canada because there is so much open borders. And right. there, there would be, like, more, I feel like there would be bigger, worse shootings in Canada. If 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 gun control didn't work, but it's the mentality know? too. It's like we're also Commonwealth of the UK. Okay. Yeah, like you guys have your own independent. But is the Queen still your, your lady? Um, she ain't your guys' lady. Yeah, I mean, she she's is. done like your bill and she's stuff. Done our but, money. Yeah, but like, but you she guys don't have to. Ask, but you guys want to like ask the UK for shit. No, it's more. I think it's definitely more. Oh God, I'm not the right person to talk about this because I'm going to be wrong. But I think it's definitely more. Should we Google it on our way point? out? I think we should. Maybe okay. that's what we'll do this afternoon. Okay, we'll, stand, we'll, we'll read up. No, on no, that. I'm just going to tell them right now. Whatever. Google it on your own time. Well, Anthony, I just love you. You know, it was snowy today. We had our Wednesday pal around day. I feel like there was like probably some meteor gorgeous Canadian questions I could have asked, but I feel like we covered some gorgeous stuff. Yeah. Oh, also when you said that thing about um your friend who, or the, the not your friend, that, that case of the boy wanting to divorce his parents. I was like, come on, trust your parents. I meant like it would be weird if a kid was like wanting to make their parents get divorced. But if you're a kid and you need to divorce your parents because you were in a danger girl, don't trust your parents. You know what I mean? I was just like clarifying that. I'm sure it's Googleable, but it was Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters 2020, which was like my favorite show. She's great. Oh, so good. Um, well, Anthony, thank you so much for coming, uh, you guys. Uh, also, Anthony, um, he really needs Instagram followers right now. He's People are having a hard time finding him. So you can find him at Anthony on Instagram and at Anthony on Twitter, right? Yes. Cute. Well, he really needs followers, you guys. So A-N-T-O-N-I. Mm-hmm, yeah, if you didn't know how to sell it. And then... Uh, also, uh, the link to that will be on whatever device you're listening to this episode on. Um, you can follow me uh, at JVN on Instagram and Twitter um, and also Facebook. Um, our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you to her so much for letting us use it. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Getting Curious. Also, if you want to leave us a little review, we love that story. We love a hashtag Getting Curious moment on the Twitter with a gorgeous little reason why you love her. Um, also, if you have any little topics you want me to cover, I'm also into that. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening and your support means so much uh, to me. And uh, no, but really, it really, really does. And um, and John, I want to say thank me. you. And I love you so much. And I cherish all the time that we have together. And just sitting across this table in this like really nice meditative little room with you on a snowy New York day uh, just brings me a lot of joy oh so my I'm, God. I'm really grateful that you brought me here I love you Auntie this is my last podcast recording as a 30 year old because I'm going to be 31 oh, like yeah. I'm running on my 30th year with you you're still the baby of the fat five yeah I'm a babers <laughs> bye bye at 
Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.